This morning I'm going to be preaching on evangelism. And the name of my message is called Fisher of Men. And let me start by saying this, that it is very easy and very comfortable to live a life that is all about us. But remember that Jesus does not say, follow me and I will take you in a delightful cruise. <laughs> he says, follow me and I will make you fishes of men. Amen? Matthew and chapter 4 and verse 19 tells us, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishes of men. Jesus promises fullness to his church in the work of evangelism for us. He is saying that if you will follow me, to you, others will come to me. Now Jesus describes reaching out to other people with the picture of fishing and we can learn so much from this, this morning. So I'm going to talk about seven things that I have learned from this picture, the picture of fishing. Number one, some people are good at fishing, but anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. How many people listening here right now, this morning, you know, would say that they are fishermen? I know that Lucas will. <laughs> Probably a few, right? Different question. How many people has ever caught a fish? More than a few, right? I don't describe myself as a fisherman, friends, but even I have caught a fish. Now here is what we can learn. That God has given us the gift of evangelism to certain people, but anyone or everyone can play a part in drawing other people to Jesus Christ. So please, please don't let anyone say to you that that's not your calling. Anyone can play a part in drawing other people to Jesus Christ. Number two, fishing requires patience. You throw out your line or your net into the water and you wait. And then you throw out again and you wait. It requires patience. Right? You know, some of us, we have been praying for a loved one for many years, friends. Number three, fishermen learn, fishermen learn how to deal with discouragement. You know, Jesus, he met with the disciples and they were fishing all night and they had caught nothing. Jesus knows himself how many people has rejected him when he was ministering. <coughs> John in chapter 6 and verse 36, Jesus says, But you haven't believed in me, even though you have seen me. So fishermen, they don't catch anything. What they do is that they go out again the next morning and do the same thing all over again. Number four, Christ invites us to come fishing not hunting. Boy, I remember as a young believer, I did some Bible bashing while evangelizing. And my heavy voice did not help either. See, there are some Christian friends who have a very strong personality. When they get going, they sound more like hunters than fishermen. <laughs> 
right? See, there is an art to fishing. Fish is drawn. And Peter, he gives wise counsel friends how to draw other people to Jesus Christ. In First Peter and chapter 3 and verse 16, Peter says, But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Friends, if you want to share the gospel and win other people to Jesus Christ, you know, just remember that we need to love the sinners. So remember, it is fishing, not hunting. Number five, church is a fishing boat, not a pleasure boat. Now, when you see a pleasure boat and a fishing boat, you would know the difference straight away. You know, pleasure boat has comfortable seats and washroom and a nice place to sit down and eat. And they operate entirely in a different way as well. Pleasure boat goes wherever people want to go. It's all about enjoying the beautiful views. And they are very safe. But fishing boat, they go into the deep ocean, you know, taking risks and sacrifices. And they are very little comfort. And friends... It is easier and comfortable to make, you know, the ministry that we are called into all about ourselves. But Jesus does not say that follow me and I will take you in a delightful cruise. He says follow me and I will make you Amen. fishes of men. And by the grace of God, this church, New Jersey Church, is not a pleasure boat. This church is a fishing boat. Number six, fishing is hard work and sometimes dangerous. You know, fishermen go into freezing cold, into the rough ocean catching fish. And if you read the book of Acts, friends, you know, the disciples, you know, they were out over there sharing the gospel uh, of God's grace. And they were facing some difficult situation. It wasn't easy for them. It wasn't easy. You know, 2020, I know that you guys must have been sick of hearing this, 2020, but 2020 has been a challenging year for not only us, but for the whole world. You know, Melbourne was, you know, in a major lockdown. We, you know, felt the pressure of it. But I want to say this, friends, the word of God can never be locked down. Yeah. You know, Christians were taking risks risk and sacrifices. They were going out there and winning others for Jesus Christ during lockdown. And as Russ was telling about what's ahead of us, I'm telling you, friends, that Christians are going to face some persecution. Are you ready for it? You know, Jesus says that you will be persecuted for my name's sake. We will be. You know, Christians will be persecuted here in Australia like never before. But Christians, you know, have been there before, friends. It's nothing new. It's nothing new for the believers. Believers have been the brightest light in the darkest place at the hardest time. Amen? They have been. See, the best fishing is often in the most dangerous waters. I want to say this, friends, that United we will stand and divided we will fall. I want to say we as new genus, friends, this is not the time to separate yourself. 
This is the time to plug in and, and walk in unity. We need to be united together if we want to be useful in the body of Christ. So I want to encourage all of you guys, be at prayer, join a home group, come to church on Sundays. You know, don't say that. Make sure that you sleep on time so you are here. Seriously, friends, we, we are heading towards persecution. It's not a laughing thing. I'm serious. Number seven, there is, a great, there is a great joy in catching fish. Isn't it interesting when someone ever catches a fish, what they do is they take the picture with the fish and they put it on Facebook. <laughs> and they always want the photograph taken with the thing, right? And they're always smiling in the picture. Why? Because there is a great joy in catching a fish. And there is even a greater joy, my friend, in leading someone to Jesus Christ. Amen? So these seven things that I spoke about, friends, it's a great picture. Evangelizing is like fishing. Now when, when fish is thrown into the net, either it's catch and release or kill and eat. But neither of these things relate to the work of evangelism, right? When we catch men or women for Jesus Christ, our desire must be to see them being saved and to be fed. Now friends, Jesus says that we are to be fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you. I will make you fishers of men. And the question here is, what is our mission and how are we to fulfill it? Three things I want to say about that. First, our mission is to catch fish, not to improve the lake. Our mission is people coming to Jesus Christ. It is not to improve in the environment in which they are living. Now, any fisherman would like to have cleaner and better lakes. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but improving the quality of the lake is not the job of the fishermen. Friends, Jesus, the Son of God, He came to earth to die on the cross for the sins of the whole world. And whoever shall believe in Him will not perish but will have everlasting life. That's the message. That's the message. Our mission is to speak the gospel, inviting people to receive what Jesus offers. And that's what Christians have been doing for centuries. You know, in order for people to come to faith and receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But you know what? There is an offense within this message. Because it involves about, you know, speaking about sin and guilt before God. And you know, everybody wants to hear how good they are. Nobody wants to hear how bad they are, man. <laughs> right? It even involves speaking about hell. And who wants to hear about it involves about speaking about things that people are not comfortable with to hear. See, in order for people to receive the message of the gospel, sometimes these things are to be spoken no, no matter how offensive it may sound. Right? With wisdom, of course. 
But friends, Satan has watered down the gospel message by so-called Christians who are actually religious people and I have met them and you have met them. And they are not speaking the message of the Bible. They are not speaking the gospel. Although they claim to read the same Bible as we do, but their message is basically this. God loves you and we must love one another. And friends, that's true, but it's not the gospel. It's not the gospel. You don't need, you know, Jesus Christ to be born into this world and to come and die on the cross for our sin and raise from the dead to proclaim that message. You know, there is no help to be saved from that. See, their message leads to a new mission from individual salvation to cultural transformation and friends that's how religious movements have been born it's no longer fishes of men which lead people to christ it's about improving the quality of people's life in the environment in which they live it's about improving the quality of the lake you know the world needs to be a better place and so on their ministry has become this, instead of leading people in repentance to faith in Jesus Christ, you know, they say our ministry is to change the society. Our ministry is to end poverty and so on. Now friends, this brings confusion because our job is to be fishes of men which is to tell people about the good news of God's amazing and beautiful and loving grace. Amen? Amen. The job is not to change the society. But if they will hear the good news of Jesus Christ and come to Jesus in repentance and accept Him as Lord and Savior, it is the Holy Spirit who will change them like He's changing us. Now Jesus says, I will make you fishes of men. And God's method of changing society is changing the individual. So we need to understand what our mission is, my friend, so that we don't get confused. Amen? Our mission is to catch men for Jesus Christ, not to improve the society. And now in understanding then, and I hope that you know, we have understood what I was just speaking about. In understanding that keeping the net in order is very, very important. See Matthew in chapter 4 and verse 21, it says, When Jesus saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat, what were they doing? They were repairing their nets and Jesus called them to come as well. See, fishing where they everyday job, they make sure that the net is in good shape. You don't want to have too many holes in your net, my friend, because you will not catch any fish. <laughs> now, how can, friends, how can we keep the gospel net in shape? See, not only we need to talk about sin and repentance and hell, 
you know, but also we need to speak about the promises of the gospel, the promises of God. They need to hear that there is hope in Jesus Christ. You know, tell them what Jesus promises to do for them. Tell them what Jesus has done for you. They need to hear that. Jesus says that if anyone comes to me, I will never drive them away. Friends, that is important because, you know, speaking, that is important speaking about the promises of God. But we need to make sure that we are not only speaking generality. You know, come to faith and all will be well. They need to understand what repentance is, what sin is, why Jesus, you know, had to come and die on the cross for the sins of the world. Why there is only one way to heaven and it is through Jesus Christ. Now the net must have some weights on it, right? But in the right proportion, friends, in the right proportion, think about this. If you have a net and you throw it into the water, what will happen is the net will just float in the water, right? Yeah. You won't catch any fish. Yeah. So in order to catch fish, it has to have some weight in it. And what are the nets? See, the net is the promise of the gospel which draws people to Jesus Christ. And the weight... What are the weights? The weights I call it the law of God. See, people will come to Jesus, friends, when they will hear what He offers and when they see the need of it, both things need to be spoken. The gospel and the law. Because forgiveness won't mean anything to me unless I see myself as a sinner. The gift of the Holy Spirit won't mean anything to us, friends, you know, unless, you know, we come to know that Jesus wants to change our life. Everlasting life won't mean anything to us, friends, unless you understand that there is a hell to be saved from. See, the way that the law, it drives us to Christ, the promises of the gospel draws us to Christ. And both things need to be spoken. See, in order to catch fish, we need to speak the gospel message to throw out the gospel uh, net. We need to do that, you know. There's no use having a fishing boat and a rod and even wait on it. But if you are not throwing out the gospel net, you're not going to catch any fish. Are we throwing out the gospel net? Are we speaking to people about Jesus Christ? That's the question. See, our mission, our number one mission as believers, friends, it should be to advance the gospel. We must speak Christ and Christ being crucified. Yeah. See, Christ is the center of everything that we do here in New Gen City Church, right? Yeah. The question is, friends, are we doing it individually once we are all alone by ourselves? Do we see the importance of the gospel in the life of other people? Do we? You know, in the life of people that God has placed in your life. 
Now, I'm not saying that there is something wrong in feeding the you know, hungry and healing the sick. That needs to be done. You know, I remember a few months ago, you know, we prayed for this lady and she received healing by the grace of God. But she's a Hindu, you know. God has added a few more years in her life, but if she doesn't understand, uh, receive Jesus, she'll end up in hell. She'll end up in hell. You know, last night, you know, Rue, you know, put on our, our home group uh, WhatsApp account that she prayed for someone and thank, thank for your faithfulness, Rue, and, and, and the person got healed. Praise God for that. Yeah, God is a good God. Amen? Yeah. See, healing and all this stuff, it needs to be done. Jesus, he did that. But friends, his desire was not only people to be healed and, you know, uh, get fed and be happy. You know, he wanted people to receive him so that they can end up in heaven. That is the reason that Christ came into this world, that through his perfect sacrifice, friends, that if we will accept him as Lord and as Savior, we will not perish, but we will have everlasting life. People need to hear that. Are we speaking the gospel? People are dying every day, going to hell. We have a job at hand. Now the most important thing is, Believing in the promise and allowing Jesus to be our teacher. We need to believe in the promise of Jesus, which is in this verse. And the promise is this, that I will make you fishes of men. I will make you fishes of men. Jesus is saying that he will do something. And we need to believe it. We need to believe that Jesus wants to do something. Friends, Jesus, he is the master fisherman, you know, and, 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 and no one did it quite like Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he is the son of God, friends. If he wants, you know, he can make the fish jump out of the water and into the boat. Amen? Amen. If he wants, he can do that. No one did it quite like him. See, he does not say, Jesus does not say, follow me and you will become fishers of men. That will put Christ out of it. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. See, it is Christ who will do something in us, friends, and to, to make us effective in this work of evangelism. Is we going to follow him? That's the secret. Following Jesus Christ. Jesus will give us something that we never had, something that will equip us for this work of evangelism. Now, what will Christ do, friends? That's the question. And two things I would like to say. First, Christ will make us fishers of men by giving us skills as fishermen. And you can see that in the disciples, as they followed him, you know, Jesus gave these men gifts that they never had before. They were literally fishermen. Who we have here? We have Peter and we have Andrew. We have James and John. Let's start with Andrew. How many words do you hear Andrew speak in the gospel? Hardly a word. He was a shy person. Now some of us are really shy. And you must be saying, Joe, this message is not for me. Andrew, I want to say to you, this message is exactly for you. 
Jesus can use you in the work of evangelism, my friend. He can give you the strength, you know. He can walk through the strength that He has given to you. What about James and John? Their nicknames were given Sons of Thunder. Who gets a nickname like that, Sons of Thunder? You think they were like Andrew? I don't think so. I think they had fiery temper, man. <laughs> I think they had fiery temper. These are kind of guys who would blow away their testimony. The kind of guys who would shoot off their mouth and say, Why did I say that? <laughs> My friend, Jesus can use you in the work of evangelism. And Peter, what can you say about him? With such passion and emotion, saying things without thinking, and at the end of the New Testament, a shepherd to the flock. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? So the nature of these guys was such that you could hardly imagine that they will be useful in the things of God. You know, winning other people to Jesus Christ. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus uses this man and says that I'm going to make you fishes of men. Friends, we need to grab hold of this promise. You know, Christ can put in us such skill that, you know, we can be used, you know, in a mighty way to advance the kingdom of God, drawing people to Jesus Christ as we're going to follow Jesus. The secret is following Jesus, man. Very simple. Now the second thing, not only Christ gives the skill to us to be fishermen, but Christ is the one who makes us successful because He's the one who draws the fish into the net. Right? In Luke in chapter 5, the disciples had been out all night fishing. And they had caught nothing. And Jesus says to Peter, you know, throw the net. And Peter, Peter says in Luke in chapter 5 and verse 5, Look, we have been fishing all night. There is nothing. And to Peter's credit, he says, Because you say so, because you say so, I will lay down the nets. And so, in act of faith, he throws out the net and they caught such large number of fish, friends, that the Bible says in, in verse 6, it says that the net began to break. Yeah. How did that happen? It was a miracle, wasn't it? Yeah. The miracle was that Christ brought the fish into the net. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. It was a miracle. Friends, like I said, Jesus Christ he is the Son of God. If He wants, He can make fish jump from the water into the boats yeah. if He wants to. But He doesn't do that. He says that you throw out the net and I will draw the fish. Yeah. He, give, he gave the job to the church to do, which is us. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. As we share the gospel, you know, in faith, as we throw out the net, Christ is the one who's going to draw the fish into the net. And I have seen by the grace of God, God done a lot of amazing stuff, you know, through lots of Christians, and through yeah. me as well, only by the grace of God. Yeah. All glory to Him and Him alone. Yeah. Yeah. See, this could, should be an encouragement to us all. And we should commit our life in doing that, friends, because it is Christ who draws the 
fish into the net. See, after the death and the resurrection of Jesus, these men were used in a mighty, mighty way to advance God's kingdom. All written, friends, in the book of Acts. You can go and read it if you haven't. Now the question is that what did they learn following Jesus Christ? What have we learned and what have we gained following Jesus Christ? In three answers to that question, first thing, by following Jesus Christ, my friend, they gained more interest in people. These guys were fishermen. They were always, you know, on their own, out in the sea, all alone by themselves. And what Jesus did, he brought them into, uh, you know, the, the world of people. He brought them into the world of people. At first, you, you know, they didn't like it. At first, they didn't like it. You keep, you know, you, you keep finding that the disciple is saying that, send the crowd away. Or when, when children came, you know, they said they, they are real nuisance. <laughs> and when people of another race came, they got really edgy. They smell different. We don't want them. <laughs> smell like curry. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the, where they were, you know, when they first began. But Christ, He transformed them, gave them a new heart, new interest in people. Amen? And friends, Jesus, He wants to transform our life because the reality is that most of us, we are comfortable, you know, in our offices, in our lounge room, watching TV, watching, you know, Tim Payne drop catches. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Inside of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there, was, there were so many fish in it. See, I want to say this, friends. Once upon a time, you know, most of us, we would do anything for Jesus. We would go out of our way to do things for Jesus. You know, we couldn't stop speaking about Jesus. Even on a Sunday, we would go out of our way and pick people up and bring them to church. Right? But things have changed because other priorities have come and, you know, taken place of the love of Christ that wants to be head for Him. Friends, are we waiting for Jesus to physically appear to us like He did to the disciples to make us refocus in our calling? These are the questions that's before us. Amen? Amen. See, Jesus, He knew that these guys, they cannot do anything without His help. Friends, without the presence of the living God, we will all go back to our old life. We will. See, Jesus said to them in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 24 and verse 49, And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. See, maybe some of us, you know, we are not baptized in the Holy Spirit. But some of us, or most of us, I believe that we need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know what we have, go, we have got ourselves into, that the tank is pretty much empty now. See, what I want to say, friends, that guard your heart from whinging and complaining and worrying. Worrying, you know, about the worries and the cares of this world. It can easily creep into our hearts and our minds. See, the problem is that, you know, 
We know that we have a problem, but we are not bringing the problem to Jesus. And don't tell me that you don't have a problem. We all have. We all have weaknesses. Do you know what your weakness is? Yeah. Sit down before God and examine your heart. Say, what area am I weak? Am I? You know, is this love of money is creeping in me? The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. All evil. Boy, guard your heart from the love of money. It can easily come here. Jesus is the only one who can help us, friend. No one else can. No one else can. So in order for us to become useful to God in evangelism or in any of the calling, I want to say this first. We need to fall in love with the one that we want to work for. Intimacy with Christ comes before activity for Christ. Fall in love with Jesus. Let's ask ourselves, is Christ my first love? Or there are other things that are creeping in and taking that love away from me? Then and then only friends will be used by God. We will, you know, then and then only we will die to this world. And we will, you know, say that, you know, Jesus, I want to be sold out to you. See, making Christ our first love, my friend, it is very important. Then and then only the fire of God will come from above and burn all the rubbish that, you know, comes so easily in our life that quenches the love of Christ in us. Amen? Friends, I want to suggest by encouraging us all that let's make, you know, all, everything about Jesus and nothing about us. I'm not quite there yet, my friend. But I want to say, I have a desire to be there. Have you got a desire to, to, to you know, follow Jesus? If there is no desire, it will never happen. Pray that God give me a desire to be sold out to you. Let's become hungry and thirsty for Jesus. Letting go of things, you know, that so easily, friends, comes in us. And then and then only the power of God will come in our life and we will, you know, do all sorts of things. Healing and, and reaching out to others, winning other people to Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm not having a go here. I'm included in this message myself. Last thing, we really need to put all our confidence in Jesus and operate in faith. There was an evangelist who went to his pastor and he said, Pastor, I want to see life get saved, but it's not happening. What could be the problem? And the pastor said, you don't, you know, expect people to come to Jesus in faith, you know. Every time you speak the gospel, the evangelist goes, oh, no, I don't expect that. He goes, there is your problem. <laughs> there is your problem, my friend. <laughs> See, every time we speak to someone about Jesus, our expectation should be that they will hear and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You know, because our confidence, friends, is not in what we are going to do, what we're going to speak. Our confidence is in Jesus who saves people. Of course, people will not come to faith every time you will speak the gospel, my friend. But no point sharing the gospel, not believing that Christ can save them, right? I want to encourage everyone, cast, you know, your net into the water and allow Jesus to draw the fish. Yeah. Believe in the promise that he will make us fishes of men. I want to finish with saying this, friends. People in Australia, you know, here and all around the world, 
They want the world to be a better place. And they say, say that what needs to happen is more hospitals needs to be built, more schools needs to be built, more roads, and, you know, more jobs needs to be created. And it is wonderful stuff. I, I, I agree with that. But I'll tell you what the world needs. It needs Christians to rise up and start sharing the gospel. Yeah, because people are dying every day. And they are going to hell, my friend. Whatever, you know, the, Satan has, you know, deceived us as Christians by saying that you need to work hard all your life and because, you know, you need to have a, a good retirement, you need to live a good lifestyle, you need to have X amount of money in your bank, which is not true. We're going to lose everything. That's why the Bible says that lay yourself treasures in heaven. Friend, think with me, right? When it says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You remove Christ and you put for me to live is my wife or my children or my car or my house or my job. And to die will be loss. The only time it will be gain is for me to live is Christ. Then we will gain everything. God bless you all, eh?